The following episode was recorded before March 2024, and while the content shared is valuable and useful, it features Rob, who is no longer involved in the business. Hey, it's Rob and Kennedy. Hello. Today on the Email Marketing Show, we thought we'd share with you some of our favorite moments from the Email Marketing Show from this year. Before we do that, we wouldn't be marketers if we didn't make you an offer of some description and try and get your email address off you. So here's how it works. Uh, we put together something really cool that we would love to give you. It's a free report called Click Tricks, which, as the name might suggest is really great ways to get more people to click on more of the links in more of your emails. We've got 12 of them. They're really creative and interesting and different ways of saying, click here and have a look at this. So if you want to download that report totally free, just head over to emailmarketingheroes.com forward slash tricks and give us your email address. I love it. I love it. So Rob, it's been another great year of the Email Marketing Show. And what I want to just say, first of all, before we get into these best bits, thank you so much to every one of you for listening to the show and all of your lovely messages on Instagram. We have a lot of people no, at mind uh, at what at Rob and Kennedy? I don't know what I'm even saying there. At Rob and Kennedy Instagram, uh, saying hello and and sharing screenshots and what they love about it, leaving amazing reviews on Apple Podcast. Thank you for doing that. And so, what we thought we'd do is today go through, reminisce, and in case you missed any of these bits or have forgotten about some of these bits, pick out some of our favourite bits from the show for the last year and uh, and we we'll hope you enjoy them. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about 12 things that we do on stage that help us with our email marketing. Now, this is an interesting episode. As you may or may not know, we have mentioned it a couple of times already. So where have you been? But as you may or may not know, um, we are obviously from an entertainment background. I'm a comedy hypnotist. Kennedy is a psychological mind reader or a mentalist. Darling, that's right. And that basically means that we spend a big chunk of our lives on stages using psychology to make people do things or to be able to perform stuff, like to be able to entertain an audience and make it funny and interesting and engaging and stuff. And one of the questions, we were never going to talk about this, but one of the questions we get asked quite a lot on, like when we are being interviewed on podcasts and stuff is, first of all, how did you go from being a stage hypnotist to email marketers? And maybe we should do an episode on that at some point. However, in the meantime... uh, you know what what do you what do you do from your careers on stage that also helps and impacts email marketing because it definitely does right we teach psychology driven email marketing we do psychology driven email marketing and so what do we actually do on stage that we can directly apply to the stuff that we do um, in email marketing you need to have attention from your audience as someone who's sending emails and running a business but on stage if I've definitely in my early days before I'd figured this out I remember my biggest fear before every single gig was can I get their attention at the beginning because if you don't have their attention at the beginning of the show at the beginning of your relationship with your subscribers and your audience if you don't have their attention they're going to talk all the way through and the rest of it's going to be awful and it's going to get worse because when people start to talk a little bit the table near them they can't hear your show even if they wanted to hear it so they start to talk now and then it gets worse and multiplies and before you know it you're walking off to the sound of people chatting and asking the waitresses and the waiters for more drinks so you want to make sure you get attention how do you do it you make sure you first of all you show up with something that is attention grabbing and that is usually done in the world of email by giving people a promise when they first opt into the list and then immediately delivering upon that promise here's my name which is the same name that you subscribe to we see that mistake a lot 
who the hell's this email from? Oh, they're using a different name to on that webpage. That's a bit weird. And then in the subject line, here's the thing that you asked for. I've got your attention because of that familiarity of the expectation that you set. So get people's attention. The subject line has to get attention. The beginning line, those opening lines of your emails have to get attention and keep that attention, right? And again, throughout a show, we're getting attention and we're keeping it. And we do that by being fast paced. We do it by being interesting. As soon as you go boring, that's corporate voice, boring voice, uh, without any personality, immediately everyone's attention drops. Keep it pacey. Get to the point. Stop waffling on. Don't give me too many things to think about. Not too many offers in an email, not too many points you're making in an email about the same offer. And only on stage, we have to give one instruction at a time. So when Rob's hypnotizing somebody, okay, sit down, put your hands out in front of you, Turn your left hand palm up and your right hand palm down. He doesn't say, okay, I want everybody to come up on stage in a second and then sit down and put your hands out in front of you with your right hand palm up and your left hand palm down. No one's ever going to be able to do any of that. They probably won't even stand up because they'll be like, I don't know what I'm going to have to do when I get there. Instead, okay, everybody stand up. It's about being really clear in those instructions to keep attention. The next one is telling stories. Now, obviously, this is something that we harp on about all of the time when we are talking about email marketing, but it's also a thing. It comes from, it's rooted in the fact that we do this in our show. So for me as a hypnotist, when I'm you know, giving somebody a group of people a suggestion that they're going to do this funny thing, I have to really use story to paint the picture as to what that actually looks like. You've just gone on holiday. You've just got off the plane. It's scorching hot. I'm telling a story effectively around what they're doing. I'm walking them through the narrative of a story because that allows people to paint pictures in their brains. Again, the difference between, say, Kennedy and a really boring person who does the same demonstration of stuff is that Kennedy might do a thing where he's got a little bag with loads of different balls in it and one of them's a gold ball and everyone grabs a ball out. I'm actually describing a thing that he does. Everyone grabs a ball out and he can tell them by like judging them who's got the golden ball, right? Even though nobody in the audience knows, even though they can try and play along with it. In its own right, okay, clever, but like, is it interesting? Not particularly, but when you when you flip something on it and say you know my dad used to have this expression about oh isn't he mr golden balls and the the sort of the root of where this game came from is rooted in a story about something that's emotional and real and interesting and people if you even if you never met kennedy's dad you could still guess what he might have looked like all of these things come along with that and again if you can build the stories around the thing if you can build and it could be the story of how your thing was created it could be a story about how your thing's being used it could be a story about how your thing should never be used could be a, th- a story about why your business is more credible than some of the other people out there, like an us versus them thing. So we use stories in order to paint pictures, in order to get people to emotionally buy in to the thing you're about to demonstrate. And you want to be able to do the same thing when the thing you're about to demonstrate is teaching them something, showing them something, letting them see something in your business. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking about how you can get back on the email bandwagon when you fall off it. Rob, do you want a photo of these nice folks? I would love to. Make sure you grab a little photograph, a selfie of yourself. I always say this. I always say this and feel like a tit. Uh, a selfie of yourself. A selfie uh, of you listening to this episode. A selfie of yourself listening to this episode. This very one at this episode now. And posted on social media. Tag us at Rob and Kennedy. We'll share your beautiful face instead of sharing our beautiful faces on our Instagram. <laughs> and people will like us more. We might get more followers. Well, Mike, because your beautiful face will be better than our beautiful face. Exactly. Sit down. We need to talk about this email marketing thing. Because, listen, we get it. Sometimes 
you fall off the wagon, just like you do with a diet. I mean, I've been falling off, a, of, off the wagon with a diet now for the last 34 years. Is that all? I'll start with the best of intentions, have a good idea, think it's going to be great, start on a Monday because I'm not a psychopath, and then I'm ready, <laughs> and I begin, and I begin my diet. And then it all goes a bit pear-shaped. I'm enthusiastic uh, at first. And then you've ended up pear-shaped. I've ended up pear-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but you look lovely. Thanks. Yeah, and it does happen. Like, no matter which bit of email marketing you're trying to slice, right? You're trying to do newsletters or dailies or you're trying to set up automations or you're trying to just get your shit together. And it's easy to fall off it because we all go, like, stuff gets in the way and that thing comes up. The same as any kind of equipment you're making. And it's a bit like... It's about like going back to school really, Rob, isn't it? Yeah, and that's what we want to talk about right now, is how we can effectively get yourself ready, get yourself going back to school with your email marketing, making all of this happen, right? Because, you know, the summer holidays are now a distant memory, sadly. Uh, sipping pina that's, coladas. That's why you can hear, hear yourself thinking you're in the house, isn't it? Because you're like, <laughs> oh, what's that? That's the sound of no kids. <laughs> now, listen, let's be totally frank here, right? We don't have kids together or separately right neither of us have kids and if i did i don't want them with you (laughs) and therefore uh, we can't speak for this but we are surrounded by our customers and members and people like that who and listeners who we know have kids and the summer holidays are a treacherous treacherous time because you've got to like Mm. go to the park and go on holiday so this is an episode about how to get rid of your kids is that right (laughs) so now that you have got rid of your kids and they're back in the comforts of the school uh coloring in and tearing things up and running around and throwing stuff at teachers the education system is is serving us well gcse and tearing things up and i've got an o level in coloring in (laughs) now that that's happened uh it's time that you go back to school uh, and it's time that we get back on the wagon right so when you know just as the kids are going back to school you know, you get a new backpack and a new pencil case. I always used to be very excited about what pencil case <sighs> I, I was going to have this year. Yeah, me too. New pencil case, a pencil shot. I remember shotgun. when I got those those colouring-in pencils where it was like a plastic tube and the, the little bit came out the end and you used to pull it out the end and, and it was different colours oh, yes. inside. Yes, Do you know what I'm those, talking yeah. about? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. So the different yeah, nibs. little crayon thing. Little nibs, yeah. Yes, Lovely. so we're going to do that with your email marketing, basically. And here's the thing, and we've talked about this before, but there's this concept of the dreaded dentist, right? If you've got, and you, I realise this is a this is a shitload of analogies, very quickly. Oh my god, we've gone, we've gone. Get back to your email marketing schools. The fucking dentist. Don't worry, we've got a lasso coming up in a minute. <laughs> Yeah, the funny thing is, we've planned this episode. (laughs) (laughs) What happened was, we opened the Google document, fully sober, I should say, even though it was just after Kennedy's 38th birthday weekend, we planned this episode, we put together a Google document, and we've basically gone, right, uh, well, let's list a load of places people have been. Uh, On a diet, to the school, to the dentist. Anyway. I'm crying. I'm crying. My glasses are off. Right. When I was young, I went to the dentist, obviously like most kids do. Oh, bloody hell. Um, oh, I can't see. And um, and then... For, and then you should have gone to the opticians then. I should have <laughs> been right. Eee, dear. And I remember that, that they, obviously at the end of that appointment at the dentist, you, you book your next appointment in for six months' time to have your teeth checked or whatever. And it always felt like a lot more often than that, didn't it, when you were a kid? And I remember the next time that appointment came round, 
saying to me, Mom, oh, I, I, I want to go to this, you know, drama club or some, you know, some after-school club. It wasn't the sports, I can tell you that. And um, so can we change? Oh, yeah, we'll just cancel the appointment. No problem, said Mam, thinking she could save a bit of money because we didn't have much money as kids and you have to still pay a little bit, I think. I think you have to still pay, I can't remember. Anyway, and then this went on for a couple of years and eventually it got to the point where I was like, I don't want to go to the dentist. And I got so afraid of going to the dentist because of one thing. That moment when you sit in the chair, you open your gob and the dentist peers into into that well in your face and echoes back saying, you haven't been to the dentist for a very long time, have you? Look at the state of your teeth. They're in a right rotten state. If you've been to the dentist and you basically get shamed in the chair... And that's what we call the dreaded dentist. It's the longer you put something off, the more you dread restarting. Because you're thinking, in the email marketing world, let's drag it into email marketing, if you don't mind, folks, if that's all right. Because we are 12 minutes in. I mean, Jesus Christ, let's talk about something that you can go and use, please. Because, you know, we just read that lovely review about how actionable everything we've done, all we've done is piss on for, as you say, 13 minutes now. Anyway, um, it's easy to think, well, I've, I've abandoned my list for weeks, months, years. How can I possibly uh, g- get on with this and pick up? How can I, I've, I've been in the middle of automation? It's getting complicated. How can I get my head back into the game with that thing? Look, we totally get it. But here the th- here's the thing. The longer you leave it, the harder it's going to get. So it's hard today because of how long you left it already. But leave it till tomorrow? Leave it till next week? It's even harder. And the longer you leave it, the more your list is eroding. So the thing is, you need to start. You need to get back in it. You're like, it's, it's, it's September now. It's back to school. It's me back into schooling myself on this email marketing stuff. Because you need to start in order to find out How good is it? How bad is it? I need to figure out what I need to deal with. And then you can deal with it. And honestly, the thought of doing it is almost always worse than doing it itself. I'm always the same with me taxes. I hate looking at tax stuff. I hate it. But when I do it, I'm like, oh, actually, I feel like I'm getting a bit organized. And you feel quite good after you sort of once you're in the mix. Like, actually, in doing it is not as bad as before you do like after you've done it you feel great in doing it you feel okay like you're controlling it before you get back into it that's when you feel the worst the good news is the bit that you're in right now when you're feeling the worst can be fixed you can escape that feeling you've got right now by starting to do it when you start to feel like you're in control again so by not doing it you're keeping yourself stuck in the bit that feels the worst yeah and this is important, right? Because you don't want to wait for that decay and that erosion to turn into the worst toothache and a big problem before you go to the dentist either. You want to go to the dentist and make sure you're on top of all of this stuff along the way. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're talking to the copy chief, Kevin Rogers, about the 60-second hero's journey. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Pat. Great to see you both. Yeah, good to see you again. So, uh, one of the things that a lot of people do when they're when they're writing and putting together email sequences and campaigns and stuff is they talk about t- sharing your origin story, like where did you come from and all that sort of stuff. Um, do you think it's really still that important to share where you came from? Like, does anybody actually care? 
yeah, I think they care way more than we think. And we think they don't because we've heard this story a million times and we begin to think it's irrelevant. You know, I always think one of the, one of the most famous hooks in copywriting, John Carlton's, you know, one-legged golfer. If you know that ad, everybody <laughs> yes, knows that yes. ad. And John was 45 minutes into interviewing the guy who invented the golf swing. And he goes, ah, you know, it's, well, he's like, well, how'd you come up with it? And he goes, ah, you know, everybody knows the story. We're out on the golf course and the, and the threesome ahead of us, there was a guy with one leg and he sh shot this amazing, like 300 foot drive. And John's like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Did you say a guy <laughs> with one leg? And so, you know, no matter how interesting a story is, we can easily think that it's not interesting to other people because our spouses and our friends have all heard it and they just kind of roll their eyes when we start telling it. And so, yes, we need to tell our origin stories and we need to go deep on them and even find different angles and different places to use different parts of them. I think one of the other fears that people have is we've been told over and over and over again that all copy, all marketing, every every word that you utter has to be about the subscriber or about the customer mm, and right not about right. you. And therefore everything has to be about them. So obviously I guess we've got to like strike this balance somewhere yeah. between Sure, t t telling your story as, say, a one-legged golfer, whatever your story is, uh, but also making it relevant and interesting to them, right? 100%. People get caught up in this you versus I thing, and there's even you know software that will check to make sure you didn't use I too much in your copy. I, I think that's kind of ridiculous. I think if you have an instinct when you're copywriting that you are having a two-way conversation, but you're only getting to hold one side of it, but you can picture your your, your reader nodding along or, or kind of imagine the thoughts they'll have. A lot of those thoughts will be about themselves. And if you're, you know, sharing things that are relatable, uh, people will inject themselves into the story. And so, yes, you, you, you do want to use a lot of you and, and make it of course, always be thinking of them, but there's plenty of ways to do that by telling your own story and, and not have them think you're just an egocentric <laughs> jerk off who doesn't think of anyone else. It, it, it won't come off that way if done right. The formula in comedy uh, is uh, identity. Got to know who you are. Struggle. What's the problem? Uh, discovery. What's, what's an element you didn't expect? And then uh, surprise in comedy. You want that surprised. So one of my favorite opening jokes on a national TV spot is a comedian named Karen Ron Ronkowski. Um, she's very funny. And, and her joke was she walked out and she said, uh, my kids were so bad in Walmart today that I pulled a fly swatter off the shelf and I smacked them with it. And as soon as the fly swatter hit their ass, I realized I don't have kids. <laughs> <laughs> It's a great First joke. Of all, right? It's a great joke. It's and, a great joke. And, and it's just so her if you if you see the clip and you realize, okay, well, what just happened, right? I mean, what's that? 15 seconds, right? Here's a yeah. person we never met before who walks up before us, and how much did she just tell us about herself? Okay. She's annoyed with children, as we all are. Uh, you know, and she she's willing to admit that she's beat her kids. The discovery is the, that's the struggle. The discovery is the fly, fly swatter. And then the result is, the surprise is, these aren't even my kids. <laughs> Just randomly beating yeah, children. Yeah. And, and you know a lot about her identity as well, because she's mentioned the specifics of Walmart. So she's definitely yeah. said, like, she's not saying, 
hey, I was at this boutique kind of store. Right. Like, you're getting a lot of information. She's doing her own shopping. She was running around. She's very much the, the mum identifying with the mums in the audience. 100%. So much there. Everybody immediately, I mean, within seconds, takes everybody into a moment they can all relate to, whether they're the parent of it or somebody walking by the situation you're equally almost equally as annoyed is annoyed and so and there's something really there's something really interesting here's a little additional copy lesson and maybe we'll get into it even more later is specificity is so important like oh, the specificity yeah. of the walmart piece yeah. brings the piece to life because we imagine what that store is like where yes. and, and it's the same in any piece of copy like you don't say hey i was watching a movie last night and blah 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 in that email instead you say hey i was watching sing it too whatever that hell that terrible film is um uh i was watching that last night and blah 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 is that what it's called is it sing it is that what it's called you got a lot of nerve making fun of rob's uh, playlist that's all i have to say if, that, if that's your Netflix list. <laughs> um, but that specificity is the thing that really drives the story and makes it three-dimensional. Okay, awesome. So yeah. that's how it works in comedy. Now we're going to apply that in marketing. Yeah. So in marketing, uh, obviously, you know, we, we're not trying to get a laugh. It's nice if we can, but that's not the goal. The goal is to build trust. And so we want to change that last part from surprise to result. What is the result I've gotten or I've helped other people get through this discovery. So it's identity, struggle, discovery, result. And so it, and these are fun. Once you know the formula, you could sit and you guys are creatives, you're performers. You could sit and write these all day. Like you can ask somebody those four questions and write a story on the spot. Hello, today on the Email Marketing Show, we're going to jump on this TikTok trend thing, Rob. Now, I know that you are so excited to hear what we're going to be talking about there and wiggling our asses and things like that. So, Rob, we're doing a TikTok trend today, so off you go. There we go. I'm wig- there we go. And then the dance. There, there. We- can you see it? And, I, and, oh, I'm, point- and I'm, I'm doing some pointing. I'm yeah. pointing at things. No, and oh, they can't see it, can they? It's a podcast. I forgot. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So we'll do a different TikTok trend. You uh, you saw a TikTok trend because you're on the TikTok. I'm not on the TikTok. No, but I just send them to you and you watch them. And I laugh and go, oh, I should get a TikTok. No, Liz Truss isn't she? She's the one, isn't she? She's the one, isn't she? Oh, I should get a TikTok page. That's what people <laughs> would say, isn't it? Oh, I wish I had a TikTok page. So, so uh, yeah, I do like it. But there's this trend, isn't there, about, you know, tell me you're a... Uh, uh, tell me you're a horse owner without telling me you're a horse owner. Well, tell me you're a hypnotist. <laughs> tell me you're a whore without you're a whore. <laughs> no. Or tell me you're a hypnotist without telling me you're a hypnotist. That kind of thing. So we thought we would do a podcast episode uh, called Tell Me You're a Member of the League Without Telling Me You're a Member of the League. Effectively, this is a really tongue-in-cheek way for us to kind of highlight some of our amazing stuff, some of our amazing members and their characteristics, I guess, uh, that come from being a member of the League, right? Yes, it is. It is. I mean, I didn't get it when you suggested, like, why don't we do this? I was like, sure, you lead on this, Sonny Jim. So uh, here we are. So how do we do this, Rob? What's the crack? Because we've, we've come up with some ideas of what members of the league tend to do, but how are we going to shoehorn a, a start on this thing? Dead easily. So the first thing that we've noticed about them that they all have in common is that they always have a really fresh way to talk to their subscribers about their products. We have all of those templates for more than 30 different ways of presenting the same product if you want to by sort of keeping it interesting. The other thing that we all have as, as members of the league is an automated engine, an automated system, we call it an automated email engine, that turns new subscribers into paying customers 
every single day. One of the reasons that that works so well is because we've taken our highest performing campaigns and we've made those the ones that are automated in the engine. Every his, I'm going to break it to you. Every email you ever send is not going to be your best performing email. Like It's not like every day is going to be better than the one before. Can you imagine the pressure of that when you get to like 3,000 emails in and you're like, how do I make this one better than, the, than yesterday's? Sometimes you're going to write an email that's just not going to be as good as the one you sent yesterday. That's okay. When you do anything at scale, the performance of it diminishes a bit and like sort of turns around and goes up and down. The other thing I think everybody does is they get really excited about email marketing Wednesday. I mean, I can honestly tell you, when you first presented the idea, I said, nobody's going to jump on board with this. Like, they're not going to like, <laughs> like, because what if people don't want to do their email marketing on a Wednesday? And he went, it doesn't, oh, you know, what if they got to do something else on a Wednesday? What if they currently do webinar Wednesday or something that begins with a fucking W? <laughs> alliteration, please. <laughs> Anyway, what if they do webinar Wednesday? Oh, I'm not going to do the other one I thought of. Anyway, um, what if... What... That's a different TikTok trend, isn't it? That's a different... Yeah, anyway, what if they're, they're not going to get on board with this? Surely. And Kennedy said, it doesn't matter if they don't want to do their... If they can't do their email marketing on Wednesday, it's just about... This is when we do hours on a Wednesday. Let's get everyone on board with the fact there's a day a week when you do your email marketing. I was like, okay. But now, I mean, crikey. Some of these people are posted in their group, happy email marketing Wednesday before Kennedy's even opened his eyelids at half five in the morning. The other thing is we all talk about these weird terms and phrases and language and uh, things like hotline calls and bribes and interrogators and snowball emails and that kind of thing. And this is a bunch of frameworks and terminology and stuff that we created in order, honestly, not to teach to you as league members, but like just because we been you know, long before the league was ever a thing or email marketing heroes was ever a thing. We were just using was it these before techniques. Before email marketing Wednesday was a thing. It was definitely before email marketing Wednesday was a thing. Um, we were doing this stuff in our own businesses separately anyway and just created the frameworks because we needed quick ways to do stuff. We needed a quick way to do these different things. And so when we came to teach them, we gave them the names then. I don't think it had the terms particularly. We gave them the names and started t calling them stuff so people could quickly do. And what's happened, and this is hilarious, is we've noticed that league members <laughs> are getting in touch with people like Active Campaign and Keep and uh, MailerLite and that, 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 that email marketing platforms asking for technical support, like how do I build one of these? And they're using our terms. So what I want some, what I want to happen is I want somebody to receive a whole bunch of snowball emails and then uh, they're going to go into the interrogator campaign and blah, 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 blah. And, and then I'm going to have a curious cat. What? Yeah, and the Active Campaign, because I think they've assumed that these must be like globally known terms in email marketing and so active campaign and keep a scratch in their heads understandably going what <laughs> uh, the other thing that we find is happening with members of the league and if you're a member of the league you'll probably experience this and it might, it might give you a giggle is that you feel like you're in a love triangle with your partner and robin kennedy right <laughs> a love square a love a love square uh, basically we ha we hear this a lot like people saying Ah, oh, I was speaking to my husband, and they said, if I hear a bloody Robin Kennedy's name again, there's going to be a divorce. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I think we're going to get, I don't know how divorce works, but I think we're going to get called into court and, like, uh, put down as, uh, as like, the reason why th that fella is never going to have any penny of his money because it's, it's all his fault for having an affair with Robin Kennedy. Next one, league members get told off if they ever say the words, I've got a small email list. Now, initially, they got told off from me and Kennedy, but actually what's now happening is other league members are telling them off on our behalf. They're behalfening them to us, for us. Let's be honest, one of the hardest bits of, of, of email marketing is, is the list growing bit, right? That's the, one of the most like bits you have to w really work on, right? And you have to do it all the time. And it's but... never the bit people enjoy either. No, no, it's, it's boring, right? It's, it just has to happen. It's boring. But... 
What's great is if you get good at email marketing is you get to make the most impact and money out of the people you do have, which is amazing. So you don't need this whopper of list. I mean, you've got a whopper of list. That's great. It will help you maximize the, the value you get out of that. But you may as well earn the most from what you've already got. That's kind of what we all want to do. It doesn't matter how big it is, but how much you're earning at the minute. Okay, I'm making this. Do you want to make more? Yeah, cool. We're going to give you the campaigns and give you the sequences, give you the training and the help and the coaching inside the league to do that. That's what it's about, right? It's about getting the maximum out of, you, out of what you've got, getting the maximum squeeze or the maximum juice for the squeeze. I heard that saying once. Maxim, the, the most juice for the squeeze. Was the juice worth the squeeze? I don't know what the saying is. It's something like that. <laughs> it really has been a heck of a year. And this sounds like we're doing these and that's the end of the email marketing show. Thanks for listening. Good night. <laughs> this is not the last episode. We are going to be back again next week as ever. Uh, so make sure that you do hang around and continue to listen to the email marketing show. We are super, super excited for another amazing upcoming year of content. We'll see you then. The email marketing show. Another year ahead. Maybe.